Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. Hey, I don't know if you've heard of the man or not. His name's Pastor Craig Rochelle really has global influence in Christian circles. He's kind of a leadership guru. And one of the things he says often is, you don't necessarily need a leader who's always right, but you definitely need a leader who's always real, okay? And if I was to be really honest with the room, one of my greatest insecurities, maybe a secret insecurity that I have is that I didn't graduate college, Okay, doing what I do, you know, communicating from a stage. A lot of times it'll come up in conversation with congregants, but even if I go to preach a camp or a conference or something like that, kind of comes up in conversation. Where did you go to Bible school? Where did you go to seminary? And I said, I didn't go to any of it. Now drop it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, it's not important. Um, I, I did attend college. I, I went to college and uh, uh, spent a couple years, have tons of credits, just don't have my bachelor's yet. And I, and I kind of bounced around and I've taken tons of Bible classes and stuff. I'm actually close to being done with my bachelor's. I just need to go ahead and wrap it up and finish it and all of that. But I think part of the reason there was so much of an ebb and flow in my college journey is because simply other than just just being immature in that season of my life and, and, and whatnot. But I, I think there was an unwillingness to submit to the vision that God had placed on my life. I think there was disobedience there. Um, as a 16-year-old kid, I've shared this with you guys often, but you, you know, I've told this many times to you guys, but I f- remember feeling in my heart, even as a heathen teenager, that... Um, uh, there was a calling on my life, a divine calling to be in leadership, to be preaching and to be pastoring. And, but what was kind of strange about that feeling and sensing that is there was this paradox of emotion. There was this paradox of like two voices that were kind of warring within. One saying, you can't be a pastor. You, 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 you know what you've done. You know how sinful you are? No one in your family's ever done this. You don't, you, don't, you don't know enough. You don't even read your Bible. What do you mean you're gonna be a pastor? There's no way you could do that. And that voice is kind of whispering while simultaneously there's also this whisper to my heart that's like, this is what you were called to do. This was the very thing you were created for. And you'll be discontent and in disobedience if you try to do anything else with your life, right? And what I call that is a call. You ever felt like, oh, I can't do that. But at the same time, I feel like I'm supposed to do it. Well, where we feel like we run out, even though what we're called to do is over here, the in-between is room for God to show up, right? So I identify that as your free nugget. When you feel like, man, I'm supposed to do something, but there's no way that I could do that. uh, I think that's the Lord uh, saying, hey, I want to reveal myself through your weakness. Amen. So, uh, Anyway, so that's kind of what I'm processing through. And at 16 years old, eventually I graduate high school and I come to this place where I got to decide what am I going to do for college and where am I going to go and all all of this. And uh, I was kind of deciding, do I want to go to the University of Rhode Island with all my friends and, you know, maybe walk onto the football team and play in a big stadium? Or do I want to go in the middle of nowhere in the United States and to this little Christian college? My two older sisters were at Evangel University and I'm like, ah, it would probably be better for me to go there 
And I kind of thought like, man, if I can just get out into this Christian campus, if I can just get, surround myself with all these Christian people, then I'll be good. And, and I'll uh, end up stepping into the things that God's called me to because I knew that God had a plan. God had whispered vision to my heart about the things he had created me for. What we find in Ephesians 2 is that we're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus to do good things that he prepared long in advance. So what that tells me is God has divine assignments on your life. And I say this every week, but I think it's worthy of mentioning every week. Simply put, God has vision for you. God has good things he wants to bring you into through his spirit, through his word. God has things he wants to lead you into. And so for me, I felt like, you know, kind of battling this whole ministry leadership thing. And I, so I decided, man, I'll go out. I'll go out. But knowing that I should come to this school and I should just do the Bible class thing and all of that, I come in and I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. So I'm like, I take the business management route when I show up. Okay. And to this day, I still don't know what gross national product is. I about fell asleep. The first, the intro to business class I had, I was like, this ain't it. This, this ain't it. So, you know, still knowing that I should probably just take my Bible classes and just pursue the Lord and submit. And, and that way I'm like, well, what's the, I was always good at English. So like, what do y'all got that's in, in line with English? So I go to the guidance counselor and like, we got English education. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go for that. So I do the English education route. And like, I literally on my transcripts, I don't know if I passed the classes or not, but I've taken 400 level English classes, okay? And, uh, <laughs> and, and I just thought of a funny story when I was in one of those classes, but then I found out you had to have an accumulative GPA to, to wrap up the education degree of 3.5. I was nowhere close to 3.5. So I'm like, that ain't it either. And as I continued on this journey, it was like, as I tried to force my way through these other doors of what wasn't a part of God's vision for my life, I think in his grace, he used my foolishness to keep those doors closed. Like he was preserving, you know, he was preserving me for the things that he had called me to. And so, um, but I remember through that, just an unwillingness to submit to God's vision for my life, what he had whispered to my heart, led me into feelings like, uh, you know, I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't cut out for anything. My life would never be marked by anything significant. And I, I know that's not true, but that's the way that I was feeling and what I was processing. But as I look back, I think in its simplest, most basic form, all it was was an unwillingness to submit to God's vision for my life. Proverbs says this, it testifies to the same point. Proverbs 29, 18, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. A more familiar translation, you, you may have heard this verse said like this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So there's something about submitting ourselves 
to the law. Now we know that we're no under, as Jesus followers, no, we're no longer under the law. We're under the spirit. God's deposited his spirit in us. He's given his word. His spirit is, his word is God breathed. That's the spirit of God at work in his word. He's also dwelling within us. We're his temple. He's leading us through his spirit now. He's convicting our hearts. He's giving us thoughts. He's leading us. So now our, in our submission to the spirit is in essence submission to the will. And the word tells us when we submit to our divine guidance, which is the spirit of God. Y'all with me? Okay. When we submit to our divine guidance, happy is he. There's a contentment. There's a beauty in obedience that leads us into this, uh, into contentment, into blessing, into, because we're stepping into the things that God created us to do. Amen. Y'all still with me? That's just the intro. So Come on, let's pray. I think we need to pray. That's a good spot to pray, and then we'll jump into it. Jesus, we love you so much. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to communicate this morning, to share your word. And uh, God, as we sit here with the people of God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would open up our hearts right now like you opened up Lydia's heart in Acts 16 when Paul was sharing the word of God. Would you open up our hearts through the power of your spirit? Would you till the soil of our hearts? Let it be fertile ground to receive the seed of your word. We wanna be transformed by it. God, we don't wanna just hear your word. We wanna live it out. We wanna apply it to our lives. Uh, Show us, teach us, empower us to uh, follow Jesus well, transform us into a company of kingdom people. And I pray that we would continue to foster kids in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a woman named Hannah in the Old Testament. Hannah has a barren womb. She can't conceive and she gets made fun of by other women, you know, specifically in this time, that was sort of a mark of honor for women. And, uh, you know, she doesn't get to partake in that because she doesn't have the capability of conceiving. And so she's continuously making her requests known before God, like open my womb, Lord. And one day she's at the tabernacle. The priest is kind of standing off to the side. His name is Eli. And uh, she's, she's just kind of, you know, in the altar, just praying. And she's so hysterical, uh, asking God to open her womb that the priest is like, do you seriously have to come here drunk? She's like, I'm not drunk. I'm sad. Okay. She literally, that's how it went. In the MSG, the Mark Stephen Griffith version. This, is, this was Hannah's prayer, 1 Samuel chapter one. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I'll give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. It's actually this story is why we have the tradition of doing child dedications here as a church. Uh, We think there's something significant about recognizing that, Lord, this child is from you and we want your blessing upon his life. And so uh, if if you have a kid, you haven't dedicated to the Lord, we can do that on September 25th. But long story short, in Hannah's story specifically, I I would hope that you would cut their hair though, but that's up to you guys. you know, so once Samuel is weaned, she, she ends up getting pregnant. The Lord answers her prayer, right? And, uh, you know, she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll wean him and then I'll give him back to Eli, who was the priest that was like, are you drunk? She's like, no, I'm sad. He's like, okay, continue. And so she brings him back to Eli and she's like, hey, I, I, I told God if, if he gave me a child that, I, that I'd give him back. 
to him. And so kind of as this act of faith and dedicating him back to God, she gives Eli the priest this boy, Samuel, and he kind of becomes a pupil to Eli and he raises him up in the temple and helps with the temple duties and all that stuff. And so um, as Eli grows older, the scripture tells us that uh, Samuel grows in stature and in favor with God. And so that was 1 Samuel chapter one. We're gonna skip over to 1 Samuel chapter three where Samuel's uh, grown now. But I think this story ties in well to what we're talking about today concerning this idea of vision. Everyone say vision. 1 Samuel three says this. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Eli's the priest. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind now, had gone to bed. So the priest is in bed. Uh, The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Now, the ark of God represents the manifest presence of God. Samuel is helping with the duties. So while Eli sleeps, Samuel's holding it down. He falls asleep, but we do see there's proximity to the presence. Okay, there's proximity to the presence. I think that's important. So he, he's sleeping. And then suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. He's like, yeah, uh, what is it? He's get up. So, so he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And Eli can't see and he's old and he's got crossings. I was like, what are you talking about? I, I've just been sleeping, you know? And he's like, oh, okay, I, I thought you called me. And so uh, he says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And Samuel's like, okay, I'm confused. He goes back, goes to bed. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? And Eli's like, boy, I'm about to grab the paddle and just start swinging this thing. Boy, you just he said, I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, That's also the MSG version. Eli said, Go, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more, Samuel got up, went to Eli, Here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he says, Samuel, go lie down. And if someone calls again, definitely don't come in here because you won't make it out alive, boy. I want you to hand out an invitation. I want you to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This wisdom, right? This counsel. If you hear, if you hear a voice again, I want you to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord came, called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, just as Eli had told him, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And it's only then when he says, and speak, Lord, your servant is listening, that God begins to reveal his divine guidance, that God begins to reveal his vision for what Samuel is gonna be a part of right? So we see that not only was there proximity, but then he placed himself in the right posture to receive. Amen? So I I read this story, and and I'm challenged with the thought, maybe it's not that 
the Lord isn't unwilling to provide me with vision or to bring me in on the vision that he might have for me to be a part of, those good plans that he has for me to be a part of. Uh, uh, maybe it's, it's not, maybe he's even speaking. I just wonder if I don't have the right proximity or posture to receive it. I don't know. I think back on this verse in Proverbs, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. You know, I think it's important to understand that this divine guidance, this calling, this vision that we receive from many advisors, that we receive from God's word, what he's put in his word, that we receive from the whispers of the spirit to our heart, this divine guidance, this vision that God's placed on our lives, it's for our good. He's trying to lead us somewhere. It's for our good and for his glory. We were just singing about it, right? Whoever obeys the law is joyful. Where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You know, I've simply discovered that Wisdom is about accepting divine guidance. And if I do comply and obey the divine guidance provided, there's a contentment that I'll experience. There's a blessing that I'll live under. And and there's a joy that I'll experience, right? And so personally, I, I I think about my own life. I think about the different roles that I have or the different titles or the different things that God's brought me into, that he's set me in. And so I'm a, I'm a pastor of this house. I'm a father. I'm a husband to my wife. I'm a father to three beautiful girls. And, and I just really believe that God has divinely placed me, appointed me to those things on purpose in the same way he's appointed you to your positions on, perfect, on purpose. And he has a vision for what those roles are to look like. And again, we find that, we, we, we find the instructions for those, but my appointments and my assignments look different than your appointments and your assignments. But I wonder if, if we're moving from day to day without submitting ourselves to the vision that God has for us in this season, right? Some of y'all in the room, your moms, your dads, your business owners, your teachers, your leaders, your a boss of some sort, the list goes on. We all have our different assignments and we're not in those things by accident. God's, God's placed us, brought us into those things. But I, I think, you know, that Holy Spirit is still at work within us. He still wants to carry out good things. And sometimes I think he uses those positions to carry those things out specifically, right? So one thing that we wanted to do, because one of, one of my roles in this season as, 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 as the pastor and the leader of this house is, is like, I wanna be seeking not just what do I want our church to do, not just what do we wanna see, but like, Lord, what are you bringing us into? And what are, what are some of the things we, we wanna be a part of? And, and again, I just wanna clarify, it's not like this mystical cloud that comes down and hits me on the head and I have all of it. It's, a lot of it's in his word. It's in his word, we see it. I think he sometimes whispers specifics to our heart though too. And so I just wanted to quickly cover like where have we been, uh, but also where are we going? What are we believing God for? What are we trusting him to do in and through this body? I just wanted to share some of that. Um, So, you know, I was talking with Chad this week and we were just kind of, Pastor Chad and Republican, we were just kind of discussing what we wanted to talk about this week and wanted to, you know, I'm not really given any specific vision of the church today, but just kind of wanted to uh, lay out a little bit of it and at least start the conversation. And he goes, Mark, you know, he started sharing with me. He's like, they planted the church in 2006. He goes, in 2009, I went to this conference and there's this guy, Pastor Dino Rizzo, who was there communicating. And 
you know, if you know Pastor Dino Rizzo, he started uh, Servolution and so this massive outreach where he helps a lot of people in a major way. And that just became this massive emphasis. And he was sharing his testimony of how he got there. He shared lots of stories, shared about what he did with Hurricane Katrina, what his church did. But he shared about his early days kind of planting his church and what that looked like. And it was a small storefront church building. He's sharing this at the conference that Chad is at and it really made an impact on him. This was the story that he comes in, he's trying to, it's a Sunday morning, he's trying to get the church prepared for the service that they're gonna be having. And there's one bathroom in the building and this one toilet was clogged. It's got a mess in it. And so he, uh, you know, has no staff and he's the only one in the building. It's early. So it's not like he can have someone help him with it. He's looking for a plunger. He can't find a plunger in the building. And so uh, the only way that he knows how to fix this thing is to reach his hand into the toilet. Yeah, and, and, and unclog the mess manually. And so he said, as he reached his hand into the mess of the toilet, it was then the Lord spoke to him and said, if you keep your hand in the mess of people's lives, I'll bless your ministry. And that's where, um, you know, kind of this whole deep conviction for outreach happened. And Chad said, I was so impacted by it. I came back and we had just been all about services, but that's when we really started being outreach heavy as a church. And so I've had lots of conversations with people who come to the church and I love asking the question, so you've made Destiny Church home, which I just think is wonderful. Why? What was it that made you decide like, this is where we wanna be? And unfortunately, no one ever says the preaching. I don't know what that's about, but... And uh, more often than not, it's we love the way you're involved in the community. We love the way you're involved in the community. And so something that's on our heart, what we've been talking about, there's really three arenas where we wanna uh, kind of, uh, you know, part of the vision as a church and, and what we believe God is calling us to and how he's gonna minister uh, to us, through us, through kind of these three arenas. And the first one is within these walls, uh, within our cities and within our world. And so when we talk about within our walls, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about in 2023 that uh, we need a greater emphasis on discipleship. We wanna cultivate something that is gonna lead people into the most intimate relationship with Jesus that they've ever had, where no matter how long you've been following Jesus for, uh, you're seeing increased fruit and increased intimacy with him. And something that we've talked about, and a lot of this is still kind of in seed form, is but maybe synchronizing the kids' content, the youth content, and the Sunday morning content. So mom and dad, the kids, the teens, we're all learning the same thing and discussing the same things when we sit down at the table or when we sit in the car, we're learning together and, and we're helping cultivate uh, those conversations. Another way we wanna, um, and, and then so, yeah, and so there's that. And then, you know, the other thing, I think that's important is Jesus placed great value on serving, right? We see in John, I think it's 13, it says Jesus knew he had all authority in heaven and on earth. And then he turns around and he washes his disciples' feet. And it's like, okay, what does that say about Jesus, what he values most? And so for us, we, we definitely could see a little bit of a facelift in our volunteers and, and the serving that's happening in the church. You know, we could use more kids volunteers. We could use more cafe workers, ushers, security guards, uh, musicians, like maybe you're sitting in here and you know how to play an instrument well and you're hiding, stop hiding, all right? Uh, 
You know, I think, I think sometimes we think these things are gonna, we, we love, we love to come into the building and we, lo- and we enjoy what we get to experience on Sunday. And maybe we, maybe we think that this happens because things fall out of the sky, but it's people, blood, sweat, and tears putting it in. It's, you know, for this to happen on a weekly basis, it takes all of us, amen. Um, so yeah, number two within our cities, uh, one practical way we, we wanna make more room, this kind of ties into point one and two, but we're actually gonna knock this wall out here in the next couple of months and pull this room back to the cafe. And that'll give us about 60 more seats. And I'm just curious to see if God graces us with growth if we make room for it. And so, yeah, if he's gonna grace us with growth, we, we, we definitely wanna make room for it. If you know how to build in, in any way, let me know, okay? And we could use it. Um, you know, this is just something light too. We went to Tulsa not too long ago as a family and we went to this awesome park that they have. I can't remember specifically what it was called. I think it was called like the playground or something. The gathering place, there you go. Yeah, the gathering place. And it's, you know, it's this place where families can come. And I just thought like, man, I would love as a church to be able to provide something like this to our community here in Marshfield, a a place where we can encourage healthy quality family time that is for the people in the church, but is for anybody to come and take part. And maybe that looks like parks or like sports courts or I don't know, but I would love to contribute in that way. And you guys know, I don't just wanna do good things as a church. I definitely do wanna do good things as a church, but even more than that, I wanna meet needs. So what are needs, right? And I, and I think it's, uh, this, these are the reasons we have food pantries. We distribute thousands of pounds of food monthly. This is why we have an emphasis on fostering kids and why we perform different outreaches every November and December and why we've gone into the schools and give every kid a pair of free shoes. It's, you know, Destiny Church. I think we have a calling to support our schools and our homeschool families. And we try to do a good job of that, but I I think we want to get creative and uh, see if if we could do that even better, you know? So, and then three is in in our world. Uh, That's the last arena. And I think that we're doing that right now. We have a heavy involvement in Africa where in Zimbabwe, we've put in wells, we've built churches, we've built classrooms. Uh, we sponsor hundreds of kids who we feed them monthly. Yeah, we take missions trips annually. And so, you know, here, here's these things. We, 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 we just know that there's, man, we don't wanna just be content to just gather in our, in, our, in our worship center on Sunday mornings. We just wanna believe that God has more. And as a church, we're believing God for the resources, for the favor, for the wisdom, for the capacity to be a body that's more powerful and more effective in its kingdom work, amen? Um, so I just wanted to wrap up with this. Sam, if you would uh, help close me out here. I just really quickly want to revisit Ephesians 2 again. And uh, I just want to read a couple of verses from Ephesians and then we'll close out today. But it says this, Ephesians 2 verse 1, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. That's a nice encouraging thought for you guys this morning. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Wow. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. Some translations say God's wrath, just like everybody else. God God is a just God. He's gonna deal with evil for all of eternity. We know that. 
But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's because of Jesus, we now have life for eternity with our heavenly father. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Simply put, layman's terms, we were dead in our sins. We were destined for hell, but God in his rich mercy sent his son on a rescue mission for you and I, that when we would place faith in him, that everything would change, amen? So I, so I love this. I really wanted to get here into verse eight. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation, it's not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. He planned for us long ago. God has vision for your life. God, God wants to save you, and he did save you when you believed and, and we're gonna celebrate that and we're gonna thank God for that and, and, and that's the best news, that's the gospel. But guess what? It don't stop there. He, he saved you, now he wants to assign you, amen? And so God, what's your vision as me as a dad, me, me as a business owner, me as a Jesus follower, what are the good things you wanna bring me into? When we place faith in Jesus, he deposits his spirit in us. We get a new spiritual compass that's leading us, right? He, he's given us his word, which is God breathed. It's the spirit of God that we get to interact with, that, that we get to consume and it's leading us, right? It's bringing us into the good things he's planned for us. And it's not only that the spirit makes us new, but it's the spirit that activates us to do the good things he's called us to. I just wonder, do we have the proximity and the posture to receive it? As Jesus followers, God has vision for what your life is going to be, for what you're going to do, uh, for how he wants to use you. I think some of us are, are we postured, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He's spoken to us through his word. He'll whisper to us through his spirit. And, and I want you to consider the roles you're in and, and let's be sensitive to receive the vision that God would have for us. Um, and, and so the Lord wants to give you vision. And the reason I know that is because his word said he created us with good things in mind long ago. Amen. So really quick, uh, everybody in the room, I, I know there might be families in the room, maybe you're just by yourself. If you're with your family, I just want one person representing your family to stand up. If you're just here today by yourself, that's totally fine. You just stand up to your feet. Not gonna have you do anything crazy. You don't get scared. It's not gonna be weird. Um, ushers, if you have those envelopes, I want you guys to start just, everyone who's standing, just hand everybody an, an envelope who's standing. So, you know, we, we talked about you know, one of our core values is we're generous with our time, talent, and treasure. We talked about wanting to reach our communities. And so it's, it's, I think we have to recognize that when we say the church, we don't just mean Pastor Mark or Pastor Ethan or Pastor Jesse. It's like, we are the church. And this is a mission that we're, we're accomplishing and we're trying to be sensitive to, and we're actually trying to live out. So what we've done is we've put uh, cash in all of these envelopes. And what we want you guys to do is take that cash and 
seek the Lord, be prayerfully, thoughtfully consider how can you bless somebody else with the money that you've been given this morning, okay? Maybe you know somebody at work. Maybe, maybe you know a kid. Maybe you know a family. Honestly, maybe you need it and you keep it for yourself. That's totally fine if that's, if that's what you gotta do. Um, it could be a blessing in that way. All right, I'm gonna invite the rest of the room to stand here. Um, you were created anew in Christ Jesus when you believed, you know? So I just wanted to offer an opportunity. You know, all this doesn't apply if you're not in Christ. I just wanna, he's the starting point, right? And uh, he's, he's everything. And I just wanna provide a practical first step to start that relationship with Jesus. If you're in here and, you, and you're, you know, like I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you're ready to start that. I just wanna say a simple prayer with you. So if you're in the room, ready for a relationship with Jesus and you, and, you want, and you want that to start, you sense him tugging on your heart. If that's you and you're in the room, would you just raise your hand really quick? I just wanna say a simple prayer and we can get that relationship started. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, let's say this prayer all together. Would you repeat after me loud and proud? Jesus, we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts. Jesus is Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for washing me clean. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm never turning back. Lead me into the good things you've prepared for me. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Come on, let's give God praise. A couple hands going up in the room. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.